What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. My name is Corey Roush. With me, as always, is DJ Keener. Dave, I already know how you are, but how are you? I am struggling, but, you know, hey, I'm I'm here to talk about Pokemon, and I guess that's better. So, you know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I, on a positive, we have plenty to talk about, so I feel like that'll at least distract somewhat from, you know, everything else that's going on, at least for a little bit, maybe, hopefully. That's the yeah, yeah, deal. Just, just for some, some sweet insight, I, uh, I refinished my living room floors, which, honestly, for my level of handiness, quite successfully. Unfortunately, in the process, I talked to my doctor this morning, and I'm pretty sure I tore my rotator cuff which means the upside of doing the floors myself will be completely negated by spending however much it's going to cost to fix my shoulder. And I should have just paid someone to do it. So, you know, life is a funny way of letting you know you're stupid every time. Yeah. What what I learned from this, a couple things, actually, um, every time you tell me you're doing some sort of home improvement project, I am impressed every single time because I don't necess- necessarily think of you as that handy, Not Not, but you're, you're always doing something. So, that's because uh, I am poor. Well, got to well, get yeah. it done one way or another. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Well, now you're really gonna be poor with those medical bills, so get wrecked, idiot. But uh, the other thing is now, whenever I know that you gave me the advice to rewire, and like obviously I probably could have, but now that I know, now I really know that when Dave gives me the advice to just do the home improvement project myself, probably don't listen because if anything else, I'm definitely clumsier than Dave. So. Um, which is also impressive in its own way. No, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I just really kind of have to um, avoid all of that. But uh, sorry to hear that you're, you know, under the weather. That's obviously less than ideal. And this is not, I mean, especially if it is a torn rotator cuff that requires surgery, will not be going away anytime soon. So that's cool. Um, Yeah, other than that, I I don't think you've gone to locals since we talked last, because what did we do this? last thursday yeah yeah, i oh we did do it last thursday yeah because i said i i did play some actually last week yeah 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 you're right so have you played anything at all ish since then that really comes out or um i didn't think so because that's that that thursday to thursday to tuesday time is not really you know prime dave card playing time especially with all the floors but yeah i figured yeah yeah i know i've been busy tearing rotator cuffs no time to play cards um no, I mean, I, I watched a lot because, well, listen to really, but yeah. I got to take in a ton of LAIC because I was just listening to it while I did the floors, mm-hmm. uh, which was sick. So I, I got like really good insight on what was happening at the tournament, which I'm grateful for. But I, I didn't play much. I played maybe a game or two over the, the course of the last since then, but not much. What about you? I'm sure you've been playing Block Lacks. I've been playing Blocklax. I've been playing Entei, which it actually just coincided with it popping off on day two. Uh, to oh, the yeah. That it did. So I, I haven't gone through our text to to tweet it because I thought it was funny that maybe two days before the tournament, I sent you a text that was sort of tongue in cheek. but was like, hey, I think uh, I think Entei Valley, it might be broken. Yeah. And it was like, I fought, like for whatever reason, I finally hit the uh, threshold where I had enough dust to dust the Entei on uh, on Saturday. So like I did it that day. Uh, and then, like, watching it, I was like, oh, well, I'm glad I did this. I wish I had, done, I had, had the time to do this beforehand, so I could have given this insight now, um, and it feels really good, so we'll get into that as we talk more about LAIC, so I've been playing both both of those a lot online. I haven't really taken the time to play much else online. Uh, I had a One Piece online treasure cup on uh, Saturday that I 
did very mediocre in. Um, I came in 420th place out of like 1,100 people. So uh, very mediocre. Um, I ended up playing a deck that is something of a meme that literally every opponent that I played against goes, oh, I didn't know people signed up with that. And I was like, well, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone that plays One Piece, it was Isho, so it's black and green. Um, I like this is my sixth choice of what to play, but um, cards didn't come in and the ban list and all that stuff kind of put me in a weird place. And I was like, well, you know what? Let's play the pet deck that I've kind of played like once a month online. Or like once just, a week online. Just kind of ride just, with it, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. It's very much my kind of a deck in One Piece. Um, and it's like a bad version of a good deck, but the good deck doesn't exist until like set five comes out. So it was more just, I know that I like the play style. I know that it doesn't have a high enough ceiling right now. So, but it was fun. I had fun. Um, I had one opponent get really, really mad at me, which was, you know, my favorite Always thing. Always the dream, yeah. Yeah, because the deck is very controlly, And uh, he's like, oh, you have every answer, bro. And I'm like, hey, man. Just, you know, that's what my cards do. He goes, you're destroying all my cards. And I'm like, literally every card my deck says destroy. So funny <laughs> enough, I'm going to do that. And he's like, it's yeah, just man, so lucky. Just what my cards do. He's like, you're so lucky with your draw. I'm like, I think that's just what they do, man. But uh, that you was cool. pretty lucky. Uh, yeah, that, that that middle of the pack record really, really. Really brings him how r- lucky that run was. Yeah. 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 Uh, but beyond that, yeah, no, just been enjoying. Like, it, it was kind of validating in terms of uh, the decks that I wanted to like. Um, in Paradox Rift, look like they're doing okay, and uh, to an, to an extent. I mean, we'll talk about one that I think underperformed, but we can kind of explain why. But uh, I mean, that's just the gist of what this week is going to be: is talking about LAIC, um, because that is the first big event of the format. And I, I, I'm catching up on the stream. I'm on day two now. I was not able to watch a lot of it because I was in the One Piece event while that was happening, and and then Sunday, just well, the, by Sunday it's already over. So just uh, not really able to like watch it live so i am catching up so i'm a little bit behind obviously i know the results but um everything seems really interesting but let's let's get into the the data some so um for anyone that has not seen the results yet uh the winner was maridon with and it beat ente iron valiant in the finals um from what i gather i've not watched the finals match yet there was a little bit of a mess where there was i, I don't know if it was a double prize penalty or something like that that kind of swayed things in the end because that matchup feels extremely close to me um, and probably, I, I personally think it's been Entei favorite, at least in the games that I've played, but I don't know if that's actually accurate or just I played against a bunch of Maridon dum-dums, so uh, it could be one or the other. Uh, but the rest of the top cut was a Block Lax, three Gardevoir, um, Giratina, and a Lost Box deck with Radiant Charizard and a One Roaring Moon. So, um not lost moon but kind of lost moon um dave we'll start with top eight what were your thoughts just overall with with what the top eight was uh not especially surprising especially when you saw how played a lot of the decks were um super excited that the valiant made top cut though i think that might be the most like surprising just based on how much it was played at the tournament but if you look at the the field here and you know the breakdown of like what decks were highly played it was a just a feasting ground for Ente Valiant. There were just all good matchups for days. So not surprised to see it do well, but just with how few were there, and it is a fairly like high variance deck in my experience. Um, you know, nice to see one in top cut, kind of surprising. But uh other than that, I mean, I feel like three Guardia is probably a little bit too much. It was obviously very well positioned going into the tournament, but overall it's like I still don't think it's that good. I don't think it's that dominant in the format. Actually, it was just 
in really, really high numbers this week. Yeah, it was about 24% of the, it was 23.88% of the day two field, which kind of is mm-hmm. crazy just to think about. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I mean, it, it got to eat all these roaring moons day one and, you know, work its way into the day two field that way. And once you have that much there, like, obviously it's going to convert. So, yeah. And it's like Charizard being the third most uh, played deck in day two is obviously a good matchup. For a, lot of, it, so. a lot of good things were happening for Guardi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that those continue to happen. I don't know. I, like, I mean, obviously I said that I was high on the deck going in. Uh, I thought it was the best play. And then that made me want to play other things. And I do think that like, obviously the lax deck that was knocked out in top eight would have probably benefited pretty, pretty favorably from uh, getting to play against one of those, as opposed to what have played against in the top cut. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that what we saw is kind of indicative of where I think things are is I think Guardi is probably going to at least, I, I would not be surprised if Guardi continues to be the most played deck, um, but I don't necessarily think, I, I think there are obviously answers to it in the format. And you saw that here um, with two Iron Hands decks in the finals, or not, sorry, two Iron decks, like the Iron Hands and then the Iron Valiant in the finals, like two decks that like are able to kind of pick apart a board. Um, two I decks do, which is really strong answers to Guardi for. Yeah. Um, I do think it was funny that Jake Gearhart was quiet all week. Like all weekend, and then uh, the second the finals gets like happened, like it gets announced that that's the finals, like how the bracket broke. He's like, This deck is here to stay. And it's like, I don't think that's how victory laps work, dog, but okay. Um, I think that was the most um, un undue victory lap I've ever seen. Like, no, absolutely, we got one copy of the card in top cut, uh, we had three copies of the card total in top 16. And like it, it just happened to work out that the deck hit favorable matchups in Top Cut. But like, I think what we learned from this Top Cut, for me personally, as far as Iron Hands goes, is that uh, Iron Hands will necessitate like constant metagame fluctuation because yeah. you you can't if we're ever in a, a week we're gonna see a ton of Iron Valiant and a ton of Iron Hands decks. Like Gardevoir gets worse, um, Lost Box gets worse. So there's just going to be like this constant back and forth, which creates like a, a healthy format where you're not bored week to week because different decks are good every tournament. So I think that uh victory lapping here was kind of insane for Jake. I mean, it, it, it's the most Jake thing possible, right? That he's going to only, only share the things that are positive for him. And like the most played paradox Pokemon in the top cut was, uh, with Screentail, the one that he said was like unplayable because of Iron Hands, so that was interesting. That was an interesting way to kind of like you know frame your own narrative. I, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I I was kind of surprised by the end that Marino was the deck that came out as the winner, even like given like what the top cut was because it did not seem extremely well positioned. So good for, I believe his name, his first name is pronounced Juho. Uh, was able to pull that out. Um, yeah, I've seen different people with different takes on like who is favored in the Guardi Maridon matchup now. Um, I'm not experienced enough in it to make a call either way. For yeah, I've only played it about like player. three or four times, so like I, I don't really have a, a, a good... It, it did not seem like extremely favored in either direction. I thought that it was like... It felt... The only reason why it felt semi-favored for uh, the Entei version... Or sorry, the Entei Valiant was because... Um, you're only 230 going into their things and and they hit for 220. Like that is that simple. So if they don't have the Zapdos down early enough, then they're not always getting the one shot. But like if they just do and they're able to get a hot start, then they can run through you too. So um, it all like I, I think it is pretty close. I don't think it is necessarily super favorite in either direction. But again, I, I'm going off of like three or four games experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I so I think the Maridon is is good. I still think it's like 
it wouldn't be my pick. I mean, maybe this is going to be one of those things that as the format unfolds, we're going to eventually start going, hey, you know what? Mariah on is it. And I'm I'm okay with being wrong on that if it works out that way. So, you know, I'd almost be like happy to be wrong about that one. Um, just because it's a it's a deck that's a little bit different. And if we're going to see that uh, Gardevoir keeps Roaring Moon out of the format, then we always kind of said one of those decks is probably good. So if it's Maridon, that's fine. I just hope that it's not neither of them. Yeah, I think that that was probably part of the oversimplification. And not even oversimplification. I think when we were talking, like, and not we, as in you and I, though, we certainly did have this conversation when the collective Pokemon community said there was room for one of these decks at any given event. I think that that it was far too often looked at that it was not it's in this event it was in this format and i do think that that's a little bit misleading like you said i think that even if i think roaring moon is the better of the race and punch decks for lack of a better term um if guard force highly played it's not because it, it, it can't play iron hands though if that comes down in play and say something like mew or um something else of that ilk would be a higher play deck then that hurts maridon and then i think that Roaring Moon is in a better place. So I, I think that they're like one of these. I think if you want to play that archetype, you're better off like having all of them ready and then just trying to make the metagame read on which one of those three in that archetype is 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 the best play for the weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that there's going to be metagames where one is better than the other for sure. I think, I mean, we also saw like a, a lot of kind of metagame fluctuation in this tournament um, with the intent of beating Roaring Moon. You know, I think there's not. There's not a good reason to play uh, a Selgor Mule if your goal is not simply to beat Roaring Moon, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's there's that happening. There's a lot of Gardevoir in the format, partially because it's really good into Roaring Moon. I, You know, what it boils down to is there's probably not ever going to be a tournament where Roaring Moon was a worse play than this one. And it could be one of those things where it takes, like, it takes us several events for people to like get the courage to register Roaring Moon again. Yeah, I think this, and it's so, like we, you more so than me, but I, even I am a, I'm a pretty big fan of what that deck is doing. It definitely was a bummer to see um, Roaring Moon. I don't want to say flop, but I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I think it flopped. I think your Roaring Moon flopped really badly. Yeah, when we were when we were looking at it as one of the stronger plays for the weekend, and I think like if you don't include that the Lost Box version that just happened to play async Roaring Moon in it. Um, there were six copies of Roaring Moon, or six six Roaring Moon decks in day two, which uh, was the ninth most played deck behind things like Lugia and Chimpao and Mew and and Giratina. So, like, I, I was definitely surprised by that. I definitely thought it would have uh, a higher presence. And even in day one, it was not as highly played as I thought it would be. And part of that was because so many people brought Gardevoir. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that this deck kind of has to go back to the drawing board to an extent. And like if if that Gardevoir matchup is as horrendous as, as as I seem to think it is, it might just not be the time for it right now. So, which I like, yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't know. And that's something we'll probably talk about as the format continues to evolve. But I just think that if Gardevoir is going to continue to be a fifteen percent meta share, I don't know that we're at, at least and like at this tournament mm-hmm. was twenty. So, but if it's like fifteen percent, then I don't think that this is a format where bringing Roaring Moon is really all that advisable because it's so tough to avoid that. It would need the the format would need to. If Gardevoir stays that played, it would need to have a huge uptick in the the other decks that Roaring Moon is really good against. Um, and we could see that happen if, in the way that um, the Top Cup broke down, we see like Maradon and Entei 
or Iron Valiant in general, really pick up and play because they were good against Gardevoir. And, you know, I think Roaring Moon is the best deck in the, like, big basic um, heavy-hitting, you know, fast deck mirrors. I think you want to be the Roaring Moon player in that situation. And the finals obviously showed that we can have those decks exist in a field that's full of these Guardi decks, these Lost Zone decks, you know, whatever. So there's definitely metagames, in my opinion, where, where Roaring Moon is still a good play, but uh, it's it's going to be an interesting game to play to figure out which one you're supposed to play on any given week. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I yeah, it's it's very tough. And... And like, to the point we were just making before, like something that'll end up happening, I think, is, um, you know, unfortunately, we're just going to see people kind of not play the deck because it it sucks to try to play that game. And when you get it wrong, that's really bad for you. Yeah, you just ruined your tournament run because you got it wrong. I, I think everyone who's who's played card games has been there and, and, and taking that bait against what might be not just a bad matchup, but the most popular deck as well is is very tough to to sell yourself on. So if it just continues like it's underplayed, people think it's bad. And then why would they why would they try to like a lot of like unless you're like one of the like top tier people, you're not going to try to like find the short there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm 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 skeptical about it for right now, as much as like I do think it is a good deck. So, um, okay. So the rest of the top cut we, we've. I want to touch briefly on Guardi because it's a deck that we always tend to give short shrift to. And while we've been talking about it, like as a presence in the meta, we've not necessarily been talking about the decks. Um, How I know you're, I know the answer, but I want to just, you know, get you to talk about it. Um, The highest placing list didn't play battle VIP pass. And I know that. What'd you say? Grow up. Right. I I know that this has been pretty common and they're like, I can just find space. And I, I heard one of the commentators talking about how, oh, well, this is good because like that that's a dead card after certain turns and you don't yeah. want to just be stuck in your deck. And I'm just like, I don't understand how you can have that logic when you're playing like Curlia. Like just ref- the refinement is a thing in your deck that is the basis of your deck. You're able to just discard your cards and draw two cards. Like it's an easy discard and it also allows you to play the game. Like I don't understand. The only... No, I was going to say the only place where I could really find a justification for it was if you play TM Evolution because you're spreading the field that way, but you have to spread the field first just to evolve them all. So, like, there's, like, I, I just... This does not make sense no, to no, me. It's, that is just simply just heinous, terrible logic. I mean, congratulations uh, to... Kieran. Is it Kieran? Yeah. Kieran, yeah. Congrats on the top four and everything, but, like, you, you're allowed to put Battle VIP Pass in your deck. There's... Let, let's put it this way, right? Anytime that your deck can benefit from a card that people think should be banned, and I'm not saying like everybody thinks that, but people have literally had this conversation or who the card that's like so degen people fair. are like hyped up for it to rotate, just play it. <laughs> Shut up. You're well, being like, too cute. You're outsmarting yourself. Just like, no, I miss you with that. Two Put the card in your deck. Two of the three people in top eight didn't play it within their guard of war list, and I'm just very oh. confused. Like, it just, no, I, I, I know, I know, but like, I, it, it just the math is not mathing to me. I understand that you want to like like one of the things with Gardevoir. And I, I remember people talking about it. Um, whenever like the cards are revealed, that it's tough to find space for Screamtail. Um, there's other ways to find space. I think Screamtail is very good. I think that people were wrong to think that it didn't necessarily fit in there because the card is just very good. Um, but that is not the space that I would cut. <laughs> no, no, don't don't do that. Stop. I, I was happy. I was happy to see Zashian come back into the list. I know that that was something that some people who were still playing battle VIP pass were cutting. And I thought that was kind of incorrect just because it does give you such an easy win button uh, in the late game to just kind of be like, like, I, I don't think that like you ever have to put Zashian down in the early game, but like, if you're able to like get there at the end game and just blow something up for like 
for free. Yeah, six million. Right. Yeah, like that's that seems too good to pass up on. So I did like that. But like I said, I mean, I, I think some of the plays you're able to be like, and I, I don't remember actually if Kieran's list was playing it. I'm looking at it right now. I don't think he was. Some people. Oh yeah, sorry, I missed it. The lost vacuum in there because uh, just the utility of being able to place the uh, the cape on. Wait, is he not playing Cape? I'm just sitting here like really marveling at this lack of VIP list. Yeah, he's not playing Cape, so I, I I won't even say it about his list. But the play that I saw in some of the Gardevoir lists was playing the uh, the the Cape that gives you 100 extra HP and you cost one more prize. So like being able to like make a an enormous Screamtail to blow something up if they don't like respond or even like you could do this like just load it all on the Screamtail to and then like kill it immediately with lot like lost vacuum it off. Uh, giving you the utility to unlock your reversal energy just opens up a lane of play that I, I thought was really like kind of interesting. And I, I, the, this is the closest I've been to being a Guard of War fan. I'm still not. I still can't imagine that I would ever want to play it. But uh, I remember whenever, like, just when they revealed Screamtail, I, I immediately texted my buddy who uh, plays Guard of War a lot online. And um, I actually think it's the first deck he got whenever he got back into the game. I was just like, hey, I think I'm finally intrigued with this deck because... And like I, I wasn't even thinking about what the cape could do, but like mm-hmm. that's just such a that's such a cool interaction. Just unlock your cards because like opponents will try to not give you like not uh, go up in the prize race sometimes, so that they're not able to, not going to get punished by um, by the uh, what the reverse energy is doing. This just kind of like puts the control back in your hands, which is something that For I sure. know that both of us have not liked about reverse energy in the past. Is that you're kind of at your opponent's like whim with that and. Uh, this this puts the control back in your hands. So again, I don't think I'm ever going to be sleeving up Guardy for a tournament, but this gets me closer. You know what's crazy? Not yeah. a single list in Top Cut played the Cape. That's so interesting because I felt like I saw it throughout the day. I felt like I saw the Cape constantly, and I felt like I saw a lot of good players talking about the Lost Vacuum Your Own Cape play. And something I'll, I'll touch on real quick is that I like as as much as I think cutting Battle VIP passes just like absolutely insane if you want to utilize things like that unfortunately i think you almost have to cut vip to make enough space to do things like play a cape play multiple vacuums yeah still fit your scream tail plus multiple counter catchers plus you know um whatever like just if you look at uh kieran's list even the distance you have to go to like fit all of these supporters if you still want to play like avery worker turo um you have to start playing like he's not even playing four ionos no, yeah, like, it's, it's... it gets difficult to fit all of these cards and play these. So I I get it to an extent. Um, it simply wouldn't be me, but I get it. Yeah, the deck is finally creeping closer to cooler, but not cool enough, especially when we have like if there was if you could take out the Valiant decks and the Block decks and Roaring Moon, maybe I think like if you were telling me I had to choose between playing this and Maridon and Charizard, maybe you could tell me I'm playing it. But like then I'd be like, well, Comfy still exists. Yeah, so odd <laughs> the comfy. Yeah. Speaking of which, let, let's let's talk about comfy. There were two comfy decks in the top cut. Um, one of which was Giratina, which I haven't even looked at the list yet because yeah, we're we're noted Giratina haters. But we, I mean, we did at least acknowledge that we understood why this deck was was well positioned for this event, mostly because you know, Path and Roxanne were good, and that's about what this is. Like Countercatcher is a great card, and like actually, again, like talking about like singleton cards that actually make a deck somewhat interesting you go behind so much in this deck and you're able to like like now you don't feel as bad doing the uh mm-hmm. the abyss seeking play if you're going to give up prizes because counter catcher's busted and like you can still quarrel some turn that you play or roxanne on a turn that you play counter catcher so um and that this... makes a huge difference 
Oh, it, it's, it's just like cannot be understated how good it is to be able to do a, a Roxanne or Iona or whatever plus a counter catcher. That's just game breaking so often. Um, and I, I, we talked about this a ton that I feel like in some ways finding the best way to do that could be the secret to the format. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Tina just kind of falls short still, I think. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, and the other lost deck that lost deck that I, I feel like we both want to work on, but like the list topped, and I, I think there's tweaks to be made to it, and pretty notable tweaks, including the fact that they did not play Path, uh, was the Sablezard with a one Roaring Moon. We were big proponents of, of Lost Moon coming into this. We weren't necessarily thinking with Radiant Charizard, but um, th- this list did play the Radiant Charizard. Um, did not play Path, it played two Beach Court and an Artisan. But other than, than those things that I think we'd want to tweak, like I, I generally like the idea of this deck being able to cram early and spread with Sableye and kind of protect your board with, with the little bench sitters and then eventually uh, in the late game be able to mirage. Like you, like you'll probably get to seven pretty quickly, but you don't have to rush to get there to take advantage of Roaring Moon. You're really trying to get there quickly so you can get to 10 to take advantage of Sableye, but being able to Roaring Moon um and in any matchups where something is big and thick and, and tough to deal with is is kind of nice so um mm-hmm. i'm definitely very intrigued by the idea of 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 lost moon and while this list didn't really scratch that itch i, I think we're both very like interested in where this goes going forward yeah i like the concept obviously we talked a lot about this deck thought it was definitely one of the decks that could be really competitive in the format um this list does not totally hit for me but it's definitely got the upside of being able to do the uh, easy Iron Hands response with your Charizards and your Charizard and Roaring Moon, which is great. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not in love with the Radiant Charizard angle, I guess. I really want to be better, especially if we're going to look at a format with this much Gardevoir in it. I really want to play Greninja to give myself the outs to uh, really steamroll that matchup. Also, yeah. every time I don't play Greninja, I feel like my deck just doesn't set up very well, and um, I'm just not about that. Yeah, I yeah, it's I it's why like as much as I've been a proponent of Sablezard over the last like couple months, there's a reason why I keep saying I like it, and then whenever I go to sign up for events with a, with a Lost Zone deck, it's it's with Kyogre, which yeah, it's spikes just not Sablezard every time. Yeah, because I like the idea and concept, and then every time I like I, I set like I try to set up without Greninja, I'm like Greninja's sick. I wish I had Greninja. So it is tough. Um, would you say that given what we already talked about with Roaring Moon? Um, especially in a format where we think that Gardevoir is going to be such a heavy presence. Do you think this is the way that you, you would be playing Roaring Moon if you were signing up for something in the in the coming weeks? Not this list, but like this concept. If I was playing Roaring Moon, would it be this way? Probably. I don't like, know how else I would play it, I guess, is really the big thing because I'm I'm not out on Turbo Roaring Moon at this point, but I'm... Um, it's just too scary to play that into a format that's probably going to have a lot of Gardevoir. Like I said, I think we're going to need some time before people have the courage to sign up with it. So I don't yeah, think that uh, it's an option for me at this point. I just think it's, the, it's I think it's the version the version of Roaring Moon that could also probably answer Guardi, which is is, is intriguing mm-hmm. to me. So mm-hmm. exactly, uh, yeah. So that'll probably be. While we talk about what I'm going to be playing over the next week or so, I think that, that might be the thing I try to focus on because I do think that there's something there. I, I thought that going in, I think the fact that it is the version of Moon slash Box that topped 
presents me with further intrigue. I felt I've always been a big comfy guy. So, um, yeah, that's probably, that's probably gonna be the next project, especially now that it seems that we may have, I don't want to say a solved list for anti-Valiant or just Valiant generally, but it's, but I was also someone very intrigued. I don't Valiant. necessarily feel like that list is solved. I, I do think that the move at this point is to play the Ente list. Um, I think that yeah. just being able to be, the fact that you're able to be aggressive against every type of deck with this version uh, really makes me like it. So I don't think that there's any world where I'm playing a different Iron Valiant deck. Let's talk about this list, because we've talked about the fact that it, it, it made it into the finals and how we, we thought it might be Loki broken coming into the event, but... Uh, Secretly broken, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, obviously Secret Best deck. Um, but... I, I like this list, and it, it some of the things that we we had talked about previously about like what would you fit this in or would you fit that, in? and then we were kind of like I don't know, but like like Meta Jam and 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 the and the double turbos. After playing with it, it's like oh gosh, I can't imagine not having them in there. And I think that the counts that that Noah had were pretty good because it makes it so that it's not like the focal point, but you'll still just easily steal games. Or like there's been times where like I come up a little bit short. Um, in terms of like pivoting around uh, specifically into the bigger decks and and they just like kind of set something up that eventually I'm going to be able to steal a turn. So it's not even necessarily that it has to be the first turn play, but I like having the option of meta champ in there and it lets me use mm-hmm. uh, Radiant Zard a turn early to um, if, if that comes up, which that like, I, I know that this is not like breaking ground. I know everyone that's talked about this deck has said that this is what makes this uh, the insane version of Valiant, but I know we just talked about the Radiant Charizard uh, makes it so Lost Box doesn't set up, but your, your setup here is so much less intensive that uh, you're allowed to just have Radiant Zard be a broken card, and uh, man, is mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, Radiant Zard does not get worse. Every, no. time, every time you put that card in your deck, you're still pretty happy about it. I yeah. would not be upset to be doing that. Um, I do like the the um, double turbos in the Metacham, uh, especially after watching some gameplay with it. Um there's something a little bit interesting about lists. Uh, like when this first came out online, the uh, the lists were playing cross switchers instead of some of the switch cards, um, which gave you a little bit like more clunkiness already. And you were yeah. really just all in on these um, heavy Iron Valiant turns. And there's something really nice to uh, playing less of that, playing bosses in your deck and uh, letting yourself set up like, longer game meta champ lines yeah. uh, which a lot of other lists weren't really doing initially so i think that there's definitely uh, a lot to like about that and i i remember like when i first i, I say i remember it was like three days ago i would hope i remember but the first time i saw T, TM De- the first time i saw tm devolution in the deck i was like that's interesting i wasn't quite sure on it, 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 it that seems a little too cute but now that i've played with it some it actually comes up a lot, especially into Charizard, because you are often just like poking. Because like obviously you're not, you're, I don't think you're ever really going to one shot three thirty. Obviously, but um, even if like you're setting them up with like that's one of the things that like setting up with the Iron Valiant pings early in the game, or like getting that one sixty poke with the, with the with the Ente, which without something like Devolution would feel really awful. Um, you're kind of just able to set up for like a, a checkmate end game or like just a complete blowout where you just wipe their board of Charmanders. And um, otherwise I don't know how navigable that matchup would be. So um, I, I really like that, uh, bringing that in, into the, into the deck there. So, but yeah, so I think that the TM devolution really just adds outs in a matchup where, or even like for whatever reason, if you looked at the bottom of the standings, there was a lot of like arc, Tina, I saw like an Arc Tina Superior that was in there. I don't think those decks are anywhere near relevant, but like having like if they're not, going, I can't explain to you how funny it is that you just lead with towards the bottom of the standings. You'll see some Arc, 
When I say, but I mean, but like even still, that's like top. I mean, I think so. I think I saw a couple players brag about getting like top top five twelve points. So like obviously that's ridiculous. But um, it's just funny that no matter what happens, we can't get away from bagging on Arceus. Uh, that's that Fortina. Yeah. But like so, yeah. But that's what that that is the point that I'm making is that it gives you some sort of leverage in in, in matchups like that where um you can just kind of get surprise KOs that they weren't necessarily planning for, even if like they mm-hmm. know you play the card, like because like you're not playing Town Store, like it's not searchable in any form or fashion. So there's a little bit of like sacking to it, but like uh, that's the kind of thing that just can blow blow apart a game. But uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. takeaway from all of that was. I wanted to find a Valiant version that I liked. I don't know if this will be the only Valiant version I end up liking, but I like that uh, given that after testing all of the ones that we had previously, I was a little bit under, like underwhelmed. Having one like after the first event that I'm keen, keen to play is, is a good feeling. Oh, absolutely. And I, I do think that this is a really good deck that's not going anywhere. So yeah, it's um, definitely a, a great feeling to have that to mess with. Yeah, the last deck in Top Cut, which is actually a minor miracle that uh, it took us this long to talk about it, given that I would have liked to have just spent the entire time talking about this had his tournament run gone better, is Block Snorlax. Um, coming in, what I thought was my favorite deck in the format. I think we said that it won the spreadsheet, and I'm not really surprised by that uh, at all, because I think it was well-positioned. And just, as I said on Twitter, whenever it happened, it's just it's so unfortunate that uh, its literal worst match was what it got paired up against in Top Cut. Um, going into Giratina, so RIP. I don't think that's the literal worst matchup, but the I mean, what? Okay, let me rephrase the worst real matchup. What? What is the? No, what is the? I, I think Iron Valley and Dante is the worst matchup. That's fair. That was not. Yeah, that was. I, you're right. I was talking about. I was doing the math on what our spreadsheet was previously, and that deck did not make our spreadsheet. But you're yeah, it wasn't right. on the sheet. No, you're right. I apologize. But okay. Well, I mean, it, on our spreadsheet, Iron Valley and Urshu was the worst matchup anyway. But yes. You're fine. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. Either way, arguably, like one of its one of its two worst no, matchups yeah, it's to get in decks top that, cut. Decks that play switch cards and can just kill your Snorlax are bad matchups. Yeah. Whenever I could have just gone into any of the three Guardies and it would have felt very comfortable, or the Maridon and felt relatively comfortable. Um, but here we are. Um, there's nothing crazy about this list. It did not play the milling cards that uh, you've you've not liked and. In, in lieu of those, it just kind of like bumped up the co- the count of cards. It plays a second Avery, which is not necessarily um, always in there. Um, it plays three Iona, which is a little bit heavier than normal because you really own. I, I find myself really only ever playing one, if that, because like you don't always need it. It's more just like if your hand sucks or you like you're able to like look at your opponent's hand and realize there's things wrong there. But otherwise, um, pretty standard list for what block is. I love this deck. Um, I will continue to be playing with this deck, and um, I don't really know like. I'm sure that there's probably some sort of nonsense out there that can really be innovated with it. I haven't found it yet, though. I did see someone online playing it with uh, one beach court and uh, playing it with Chiuex instead of Cravominable V because um, that way I think everything but the laxes in your deck have free retreat, so you can't just get stopped. It doesn't matter if you're giving your opponent free retreat because they're not doing that. You're blocking. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I You're blocking? I do think that there is, uh, like, you can change it up. You don't necessarily have to play the milling things, though. It does make things a little bit easier, especially if you are, like, in a time crunch. But uh, deck's good. I don't think, again, I, speaking of decks that I don't think is going anywhere, it's never going to get played in high numbers because people just don't like these decks. But I don't think this deck is, is got any worse with any of the results. Obviously, if Ente Valiant goes up in, in play, like, that's not a good matchup. But 
Guardy's the most played deck. It's good into Guardy. Like I don't, you know what I mean. Like it, it. it for I, sure. I, for I sure. think that overall, this kind of went as a wash for for Blocklaxes. And if Sander is going to um, the tournament in, I, I forget which which. I'm not going to attempt to to say the name of the city because there's G Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of consonants, no vowels, and I don't want to sound ignorant. Although what I just said probably sounded rather ignorant. Um, in it's in Poland, so I assume that uh, if Sander is going there, he will play some version of 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 control and win the event. That is my hot take for the weekend. I assume Sander will play some variant of control with the mildest take of all time. Win the event was the hotter part because he's. He, I don't know if Sanders ever actually won. I think he's a, a perennial, you know, David Keener. So, bro. But yeah, uh, I, I like where I, I like where I like where Lax is at. So, um, going out a little bit beyond like the top cuts. So like the decks. So just looking at the overall statistics. So in the day in day two, I think there was a hundred and thirty four decks. I think was the overall number, or like the over yeah, one hundred and thirty four people made it to day two. Um, most most common was Gardevoir thirty two, then Giratina at twenty, Charizard at sixteen, um, which we. No Charizards made it to top cut. Um, I love how, for the most part, that just is the story of Charizard. It's like, man, a ton of people are playing it, and none of them, you know, obviously there's exceptions to this. And mm-hmm. like, I, I'm actually not as negative as that sounds like when I start saying it, even um, on Zard this format. But it is funny how often the story of Zard's tournament is wow, look at all these people playing Zard. Wow, look at all these people that didn't convert to top cut. Yeah, it's and, and like I feel this. I feel similarly about Mew and Chimpao. That Mew was very close, but like these are decks that like. And no, I don't even feel that way about Mew, but I feel that way about Chimpao, where those two decks are going to see a lot of play. And like, and like last format by the end, Chimpao came around, but those those two always just felt like decks that people played a bunch more than they probably should have. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you'll probably make it to day two if you had enough of the matchup lottery. But like, it, it's not a form. It's not a tournament that really um bodes well for you i think what was interesting about charizard was that um i think most of the lists that we saw are like i think the two in the top 16 were playing pidgeot even though like that was not what was hyped up coming into the event um what are your thoughts on that i know that you've been yeah i if, if I nothing prefer, else forced to be the charizard player i prefer playing the tm version by like a very wide margin um especially when we're talking about the idea that path roxanne is really good in the format already mm-hmm. like if there's one thing that Charizard's bad at or bad against, it's that. Mm-hmm. That stuff is heinous to play against, uh, but it's really not as punishing for the the TM version. So I still lean towards that, and there is a TM version um, somewhere. I don't know if it was top 32 or what I sent you the list yesterday, um, but I think that uh, it's very close, and I expect to see that version at yeah, 26th place. I expect to see that version continue to pick up steam. Yeah, no, the, I, I agree completely. Mew coming in at ninth, I know, is something that you're. Yeah, pour one out, man. What a what a sad spot for Mew to finish. Am I right? I mean, yes, but also I think that you you have to feel a little bit vindicated because it was the DTE version making a little bit of a comeback, which I know you're a big fan of. Um, oh, yeah, DTE Mew was great in this tournament. Yeah, oddly enough, the people that brought the other version of Mew uh, ended up not doing very well. I, is that something you even really want to touch on, or do you think that was just a matter? To me, it was like a meta read got wrong and, and got far too cute. What the Excel Gore? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like literally mentioning it was probably as much as it deserves. Um, I don't know. It's it's too cute. If you were gonna play that version, that tells me that you were like not confident that Gardevoir was gonna keep Roaring Moon out of the the tournament, um, which is totally fair, I guess, if you're thinking that not enough Gardevoir is gonna show up. But 
uh, obviously that is not even close to what happened. So I think that, as you said, kind of just a meta call gone way wrong. Yeah, I just, I, it, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, what it hits for 120, like, so wait, do you have to, I, I haven't looked at this list. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm just kind of getting irritated. I, I guess it's just for Moon, because like they said it was for... Oh, I'm dumb. Never mind. You can power tablet, obviously. Yeah, um, you can power tablet and kill Zard as well. But like... But know, Path, like, Path Mew is already okay against Zard. Yeah, this just really feels like... And I, I can appreciate him for what he's doing. Xander is always... Because they said that Xander made the list. Um, I feel yeah, like Xander, man. Xander will put any cards in his Mew deck. It's... It's and like I his feel, thing. That's his yeah, was, brand at this point. It's not even just in Mew. I know that you remember the checkmate decks that he used to play. The man just loves playing the most bizarre cards, and there is like some merit to it. But this this one felt like it really just jumped the shark a little bit for me. Yeah, yeah. It, this one for sure jumped the shark for me, and this is just like the prime example of Xander being somebody who I do think is like a very good player. So don't take that the wrong way. But yeah. my man will just put cards in his deck to put them in his deck. It's like, ooh, what, look at this. I can play. X card that's just atrociously unplayable. Whoa. It's like settle down, bro. Yeah, that that's how I felt whenever I saw them posting. I was like, oh, okay. Well, none of them are going to win this weekend. Got it. You don't need to impress anybody by the fact that you read a Selgorn. No one else did. Like, we get it, man. You search Fusion Strike and read every card every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, nothing else from, like, the top 16 really jumped all that. I mean, the, the Italian Arshifu deck being there instead of, like, Rapid Arshifu, or, or instead of a uh, Urshifu Valiant does not actually surprise me all that much. And this is the kind of deck that I just assume as long as it's legal, we'll probably, someone will do well with it occasionally because like it just can take advantage of Gardevoir and it can take advantage of Lost Box. Uh, that, to me, that that's kind of what I, I took away from the the Urshifu list. Is that really about where you're at with that as well? Or Yeah, it surprised me a little bit, not a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, then... I, I think as far as Urshi decks go, I, I think I prefer Valiant, but I also think that it's like the worst Valiant deck. So maybe you're supposed to just take whatever Inteleon improves in comparison and be that if you don't want to be playing Ente Valiant. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So the the decks that still made day two that were a little bit lower on the list, like I said about the Inteleon deck, that was one of two was able to make it to, to 10th place. So just good for them. Good run. Um like I said, nine, I said earlier, six Warring Moons made it. Only four lacks, so one in Top Cut was pretty cool. Only three Ente, so one in Finals is pretty cool. Uh, I guess I looked at the wrong tournament, because there was only one Arceus deck in Day 2, and it was like middle of the pack um, in terms of Day 2, and it was playing Superior, so there's that. Uh, there was a Zorark box deck in Day 2, and then a Cloth Electrode deck in Day 2. Um, that deck's cool. That deck is... I actually hate that deck. I'm not even going to sit there and try to entertain it. I've played against it a bit online, and every time I play it, I'm like, oh, God, you're so boring. Like, if you're not playing against, like, Charizard, it just feels, like, really... It's just kind of neat. I definitely chose my words intentionally. Um, I'm not a fan either. Um, But our boy is, and and that might be what he ends up playing when we go to uh, Knoxville, if if we end up going to Knoxville. So um, that's cool. That would be the most cool thing ever to travel, like like a thousand miles to play cloth electrode so well really what you're traveling for in that situation is to go to myrtle's chicken and beer uh i agree that that's what three of the four will be doing and i i'm not i will not be surprised if colt tries to dissuade us from that and he will lose he loves chicken he'll be so in for myrtle's i i will say i think this is really funny because there's no way that any other human who wasn't on that trip with us understands how much we love this place it's my favorite it's my favorite restaurant i've ever been to that makes sense I can't even argue that. That just makes sense. I'm not saying it's the best restaurant I've ever been to, and I'm certainly it's not the best one you've ever been to, but, like, 
So that was the savior of a pretty heinous trip also. Yes. And also it's my favorite meal. So like Chicken and waffles, I, it's my favorite. It's my, it's S tier for sure. Yeah. So the fact that it's the best place I've ever had my favorite meal, the, I mean, that puts it very high for me. So yeah, I I'm like, it's, it's bizarre that of all the cities that would pop up on a list of trips to take one of the, like every time I see that there's a potential for Knoxville, Tennessee, I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, hold on. Move that up the list. You're like, Corey, there's like beaches and new Orleans on this list. I'm like, yeah. You're like, but, yeah, but have you gone to Myrtles? And like the answer for us is yes, we have. Uh, the fact that like I was bummed we didn't go to Toronto, um, I still would pick Knoxville over Toronto, is like and like no one else in their right mind would do that. Tells you everything you need to know about that. Um, yeah, so that kind of does it for LAIC. Like I said earlier, there's two uh, regionals this weekend, uh, and I feel like as much as I don't think the format itself is going to necessarily be changing, given where they are. Uh, could make some for some very interesting things uh, because Europe tends to do things a little bit differently um, in terms of like what is highly played, what isn't. And uh, so therefore Mew will probably win the event in Poland, if not Xander. Um, Sander misspoke slightly there. And then the other one is in Brisbane, which is cool for the fact that it is the first Australian regional since April. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm excited for that because... I mean, just because there's such a high level, a high number of like good Australian players, they'll finally actually get to get a regional back in their 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 uh, home country again. So that'll be cool. Um, oh yeah, I I always I always feel bad because like Australia gets kind of discounted because of size, but like man, I I really do like default when I'm trying to find like almost like toward esque, but like really stock but great consistent lists. I like yeah. always default to finding the Australians. No, their lists are usually really really solid. So. Um, and I, I think that like they'll probably I forget what they were playing this weekend. I know Natalie they was on Guardi. Did they? That makes sense. They're they're usually big Guardi people. Um, and I know Natalie was on stream for for one of the events and I, or for one of the rounds, and I did see or that. At least I, just... I know I know Natalie played Guardi, and I know Brent and the guy who top aided played the same Guardi list. So I don't know if there's a difference between their list and her list, but, but yeah, and yeah. There's another. There's Guardi. There's a Australian at twenty second that played Guardi. There, uh, Natalie. They were big on Avery. Like I, yeah. I know Natalie played double Avery. Yeah, yeah. I, I which I like. I actually kind of like that because, like, solely for the scream tail play of like, you make them choose between if they're gonna. James Cox also played it, and he's from Australia. Um, if like you're either forcing them to keep their mana fee, and then scream tail can just pop the like yeah, the active, yeah. or they like completely open themselves up to everything being on the table. So I get the logic behind it, and like it's arguably the same thing as like in terms of like value in other matchups where um yeah it can work or where a lot of times it's just draw three which is good enough so um i get the logic behind it mm-hmm. do you think any what do you think is like do you think that we'll see a drastic shift in meta share for a certain decks coming into this weekend with two regionals or do you think it'll be especially because it's like a week after like we saw this a lot last time yeah, like, last year so where what people I aren't think... changing what I think will happen is people, one, aren't really changing, but I think a lot of, like, local players still just want to play their new cards. So I think, like, these results aren't going to dissuade Roaring Moon numbers, if anything. I think they might be even higher this week. Do you think we finally see Goldengo just played at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we'll see Goldengo in, in day two of one of these events, at least. Yeah, I was going to make fun of the fact that uh that um Cloth and what was the other deck that got a one of in day two? Or RC has got a one of in day two. Yeah, and, over Goldengo. Well, Dengo was on stream once. It didn't um, look good, but it was certainly on stream. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. That's about what I expect out of Goldango for the format, if we're being honest. Yeah. 
Yeah. It is a deck uh, that exists. You are allowed to play it. It's not bad. You, like, I, I don't think it's a terrible deck by any stretch. That's not what I'm insinuating. But no, I just think I it might be like not. the 15th best deck. But, the 15th best deck. Jeez. I mean... You know, they, it's messed up that I said that. It was like, oh, wow, 15th. And now I'm like, oh, maybe 15. There were 13 different decks in day two, and that's not breaking out variants of Lost Box or... or, yeah, or, it, might, or it might be 15. You might be yeah. right. It might be 15. Yeah, so... Which is wild. She, I mean, that, that that shows how wide the format is, because like that deck would have been like top like seven in most formats, because it is good, and, and most formats aren't this wide, so... Um, yeah, this know. format is full of good decks. Which, you know, if you're a good deck enjoyer, that's great. And if you're not a if you're a bad deck enjoyer, don't talk to me. Also just don't play card games and like But anyway. Dude, that that is like that is my biggest pet peeve of all time though. The people who are like, Yeah, deck. you're too many good decks. Like, shut up. Go away. Or like I don't like when cards are that good. It's like That card's too powerful. Like, Alright, well go play, play solitaire. Yeah. Play Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color. I don't know. What do you want me to say? I mean, that also actually go play Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color, though. That game is sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't downloaded it yet since it came to the Nintendo store. I I, I have to get on that, but uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week. We will be back, back next week uh, covering the results of Poland and Australia, um, which I have found is just the better way of me not butchering the, the name of that city. Um, this is coming out the day after Thanksgiving, so I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, shout out to all zero over non American listeners for not celebrating. Yeah, I just assume everyone that's listening like knows us personally, so I'm basically just telling people who I may or may not, or one of the, one of the two of us may or may not text and say Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, so I'm saying it this way. So um, yeah, enjoy enjoy your holiday. Um, enjoy the two regionals this weekend, and we will catch you guys next week on Ancient Wisdom. Thanks, guys.